1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Top Dogs Podcast here on the field of 68 Media Network. My name is Rob Doster. I have a fun one for you today. I was able to catch up with our favorite defender, the best defensive player in all of college basketball, the best dunker in all of college basketball, the most athletic human being in all of college basketball, and a guy who uh, sounds like he could have. one day been a uh, a professional jiu-jitsu, I don't know if you call him a fighter, trainer, whatever you want to call it, but uh, Andre Jackson, if you haven't figured it out, was able to jump on the podcast. Uh, part of the reason we got him on is because he is doing a meet and greet event on Thursday, 7 p.m. at Red Fox Restaurant in Middletown, Connecticut, 218 Smith Street. If you're listening to this and you can get there, go and support the local businesses, go and support the local restaurants, go and support your... Uh, your favorite defensive menace uh, if you can make it there. I always say eat local man. don't eat these chain restaurants don't eat at the uh the the brands that are national. Go and find the places that are local go and find the pit the the people that are in your community day to day and support them support those restaurants that that's what Red Fox is. So it's a good event if you can make it go check it out. Um, uh, before we get into this interview, you know we got Biggie's play starting on Saturday. I don't know if it's possible to ask for a better start to the season than than what UConn has had. I, I just I don't think it's humanly possible to expect anything more than a team that is a undefeated, that is b winning every single game by double digits, c smacking around a really really good Alabama team that went into Houston and erased a fifteen point deficit in the final seventeen minutes, beat them by fourteen for. Ranked in the top three of both the AP and the coaches poll five ranked in the top of all of the metrics that matter, including Kempom. It's just it's been an unbelievable ride to start the season. It's something that I uh, I did not expect. I thought UConn was going to be good. I thought we were looking at a tournament team. I thought we were looking at a team that was going to win a game, maybe two in the tournament. Um, I thought that uh, they were going to give a run to to, for for Creighton's money and for Villanova's money for uh, for potentially a Big East regular season title. I thought that we'd be looking at a a Saturday night in March in Madison Square Garden with a chance to play for a Big East regular season or Big East tournament title. Thought all those things were happening. I, I did not think that I was going to be the annoying guy on the field of 68 after dark because every time someone has to talk about you being great, they look at me and they're like, oh, we got to compliment Rob now. Oh, Rob's going to be so annoying. And you know what? You are damn right. Uh, It's not that often that uh, teams that you support can have a season like this. So uh, I am fully on board with just enjoying every single second of it, enjoying the ride, uh, having fun with it. It, That's what sports are supposed to be for. That's what it's all about, man. It's all about fun. None of this is really all that serious for uh, the people on the outside. So enjoy it. Enjoy it while it lasts. Um, And hopefully this can be something of a uh, of a memorable college basketball season. Uh, Before we dive fully in the interview, let's just talk a little bit about what to expect out of this team and, and kind of what to expect from the Big East this year. Of course, we're opening up at Butler uh, Thad Mata is one of the best coaches in college basketball, is a guy that I respect immensely, immensely for his basketball acumen. And I do think that this is a team that actually has more talent than what their start to the season uh, might imply. They've been banged up. They've been missing some people. But they got a five man in Manny Bates that is going to give uh, give UConn's fives, Adama and, and Donovan Kling. is going to give him a little bit of, of trouble. I mean, he's a very, very good Defensive presence at the five. They have some athletes. They have some wings. On paper, they kind of match up pretty well with UConn in terms of the length and athleticism of the guys around him. They can play four around one if they need to. Um, they haven't gotten Ali Ali back, and he's the guy that kind of unlocks everything for them. But the, the size and athleticism difference on the perimeter is, I think, what's going to make the difference. I also just want to say, uh Hinkle Fieldhouse is a place where top five teams go to die. Butler finds a way to knock them off. Bad Mata has a reputation for finding ways to knock off top five teams. Um, so anybody that is expecting Yukon to go in and waltz their way to a victory, that's not the way that it's going to work. That's not the way that it works on the road. That's not the way that it works in big East Play. And that's not the way that it works when you go into that building. So uh, I'm expecting something of a dogfight. Uh, quite literally, Huskies against Bulldogs. Hopefully Huskies find a way to pull it out. They should probably be favored uh, on Kempom, Um, uh, What am I talking about? This game is, uh, yeah, it's at Butler. Um, on Kempom, UConn is a 10-point favorite. I would guess that it probably opens up closer to like 8.5 on Bet Rivers. So I think you probably want to be on UConn at this point because UConn hasn't had a game where they've, uh, won by fewer than 10 points yet this year so um butler just for the record uh lost by six at penn state they got smacked by tennessee uh, in the first round of the battle for atlantis and then they lost by 15 to a pretty good nc state team um in the i guess that would have been the fifth place game in the battle for atlantis uh they do have a win over a good kansas state team um, that I think is going to probably finish somewhere uh, around 500 in the Big 12. So they, it's not like they have a completely empty resume. Um, good team. Uh, let's talk about what we look at at the top of the Big East standings this year. Uh, you know, I, I mean, look, Creighton, is they lost five in a row. They've fallen off a cliff. They had Ryan Kalkbrenner and couldn't find a way to score um, against Nebraska when they lost at home they lost Ryan Kalkbrenner to to uh to a sickness to an illness um prior to uh the BYU game on Sunday night and uh they couldn't couldn't get a stop on Saturday night against BYU they lost to Arizona State and Bobby Hurley um, on uh, on Monday night it's just it, Creighton falling off has been not necessarily been something that i expected uh and they are currently sitting in a position where um they're going to have to They're going to have to to make up some ground. If the NCAA tournament started today, I don't know if they would necessarily be um, an NCAA tournament team. And they certainly would not be seated where I thought they were going to be seated heading into the season. I would rank them as one of the bigger disappointments um, based on preseason expectation uh, in college basketball this season. I still think they have a chance to turn it around. Like they have three or four pros. Uh, Ryan Kalkbrenner is as good as anybody defensively when he is at his best and you got to figure eventually that team's going to start making some shots. So I'm, I'm still kind of in on Creighton long-term, but yeah, the start has not necessarily been great. Um, I think right now I would say that Marquette is probably the second best team in the league. They're just, they have so many weapons. They're so dangerous uh in terms of their versatility. They're the one team in the conference that can kind of space you out and pull your big guys away from the basket with the way the Oso Gadaro is playing, the way the OMAX Prosper is playing. We saw what they did to that Baylor team. Um, gave them, beat them by 26 uh in Milwaukee. So that that's gonna be a tough matchup. Um, and just on paper, the way that they can they can kind of space you out and, and force you to play uh their style is something that's a little bit difficult. Um and I'm, I'm in on Villanova finding a way to turn this thing around. I, it did not – the start of the season did not go well for them. But I think we've seen enough from Kim Whitmore to say that he is as good as advertised, right? I think we've seen enough for him to kind of buy into this idea that he is – the impact that he's going to have as a freshman is going to be the impact that we would expect five-star McDonald's All-Americans to have uh, as freshmen. He's, he's the real deal. Um, getting him back – I think changes a lot of things for uh, for what Villanova can be. I think that once they get Justin Moore back, hopefully in mid January um, there, they can get him back up to speed and and he can kind of be the guy we thought he was going to end up being. Um, And by February, I don't know if this is going to be a Villanova team that we want to play. The biggest issue right now is probably on the defensive end of the floor. And I think that that comes around a little bit, especially with Cam Whitmore out there when you got a six, six dude with a seven foot wingspan, and his level of athleticism, they're going to be good. Um, same kind of issue that I think Xavier's having right now. They can score with the best of them. They can't really get stops. Uh, we saw that kind of play out in the second half against Cincinnati, and they found a way to get it done. So to me, it's it's kind of like a top four um, in the Big East right now still. And I have questions about everyone else. I, I'm 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 honestly concerned about how many bids this this conference is going to end up getting. Providence has not really moved the needle for me. Georgetown stinks. DePaul stinks. Um, St. John's is ten and one, but they haven't done a damn thing that should impress you at all this season. So I I think the bottom of the conference the it kind of fell out. Seton Hall is whatever to me. I know they got the win over Memphis, but that was a fluky way to end a game. Um, and Providence. You know the the reason why you buy in on Providence is that you say Bryce Hopkins is really good and Ed Cooley knows how to win basketball games and scheme matchups to allow them to be uh to be better than what they are on paper and um that's kind of why you're you're thinking they can get something done. Their best win right now is over a Rhode Island team that currently ranks 193rd on Ken Palm. So uh, Providence 69th on Ken Palm. Uh That's a very very nice uh rating for them there so that's kind of where I'm at with it um Ken Palm projects UConn to win every game this season uh they don't have he doesn't have them going undefeated I think that they'll probably lose three or four games during Big East play that's just the way that it works in conference This way that it works on the road that's the way that it works with some of these programs that uh have tougher older dudes that are going to match up with um but UConn's not going to play anybody as good as Alabama the rest of the year. They're not going to play anyone that is as good as them the rest of the season. And uh, we should should go into this year expecting that there's going to be a Big East regular season title banner coming back our way uh, when things are all said and done and ending up in the store. So, yeah, Big East play starts. It's it's here. The season is here. The season's in full swing. So we'll see you guys on Saturday. couple reminders. Um, the Field of 68 Daily. It's our newsletter. It comes out every morning, 8.30 a.m. It's the best way to stay updated on everything that's happening in college basketball. Even if you only like UConn and don't care about anything else. If you want to keep the pulse of what's happening everywhere in the sport, make sure you subscribe there. It's free. The only thing you got to do is check your email every morning while you're drinking your coffee or eating your cereal or taking your morning dump. Uh, It's really that simple. Um, The other thing is our merch store. We do have some new UConn gear in there. You can get a Field of 68 t-shirt if you want it. Uh, We have some... Uh, Some other stuff in there that I think is interesting. Just go peruse it. If if there's something in there that catches your eye, uh, you know, pick it up, help support the brand, help support the channel. All that stuff really does help. Um, The last thing I'm going to say is it has nothing to do with UConn, but we are going to be going down to Greenville on Saturday, uh, broadcasting Furman against Stephen F. Austin on the field of 68, exclusively on the field of 68. John Fanta, Terrence Oglesby, myself on the broadcast, I I, I'm so excited to kind of push the network and push this company into that realm. Um, I don't know where it's going to go from here, but I really hope that eventually one day we can get to the point where maybe we can have a Yukon game on our network. That would be uh, one of the coolest things I think uh, imaginable. That's probably a long way down the road, but Hey, you know what, man, you got to shoot for the stars. You're never going to be able to reach them if you don't try to get there uh, at first. So uh, with that in mind, Now let me welcome on to the Top Dogs Podcast, a six foot six junior that leads UConn in assists, lead UConn in steals, and leads them, period, having been named a co-captain of this team. It is Andre Jackson. Andre, what's going on, man? I appreciate you being here. What's up, man? I appreciate you having me, man. I
2: appreciate it for sure.
1: So yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start you off with an easy question. You guys are sitting yeah. here, number three in the AP poll, number three in the coaches poll. Number one in all the metrics, including Kempom and Torvik and all those different things. From the outside, people like me expect you to be pretty good this season. I don't know if anybody saw this coming. You guys are on the inside. You're in practice every day. You see these guys. You play with these guys. These are your teammates. Did you see this kind of year coming out of this group?
2: I mean, it's it's always been a vision for us, but, you know I mean? You, don't, you never really know until you go up against another opponent. So we just were really battling all preseason, just trying to work for spots, work for roles, and just – Trying to get better, honestly. We're all really competitive, so that just led to, like, a lot of growth and also, like, us being able to come together through a lot of different things and and not splintering at moments definitely helps as well. Like, that's something big that coaches emphasize that I emphasize is just, like, when things go bad, like, we got to come together and try to figure it out. Even if you you end up still maybe not winning that segment of practice, like, you can't just let your team fall apart, you know what I mean? Because then that's just going to lead to losing – losing habits and stuff like that so that's just everyday thing and that's something today maybe we even struggle with you know what i mean so it's like every day just trying to lock in on all those little things and just trying to stick to your identity stick to the script of what the coaches are trying to do and just really just go out there and try to compete and win
1: the thing that stands out to me about this group more than anything else is is like the uh the connectedness right how together you guys are for me it really stands out you know i'm not i didn't play basketball at the level that you play basketball at but i played at a high enough level where i kind of Know what's going on, and I see, and I can appreciate, you know, when your rotations are right, when you're hedging hard, when you got that guy tagging a roller, and then you're back before mm. the ball gets over there, right? So it's it's those those little things to me really stand out. How how does that come about? Is it just you know you're doing shell drill over and over and over again in practice? Is it you know you're gonna get cussed out by Coach Hurley if you uh you miss a defensive rotation? What is it that kind of uh, what what brings that about?
2: It's definitely both. Like Coach is definitely gonna get on your case if you're not there in the hole like heavy like that's not something that he plays around about so you're automatically gonna have that inclination to want to be there and then on top of that it's just like we hold each other accountable as well so it's like guys are just in the right spots and we do it all the time every day so it kind of is all like works together like holding each other accountable coach holding us accountable and then also just like us doing it just repetition every day and Mm -hmm. just with consistent and and that's just something that I've been doing since I got here. But I feel like this team has been, t- been able to take like the holds, tagging the rollers, knowing knowing the scout to another level just because of the way that we're connected off the court as well as on the court.
1: Do you guys get along as well as it seems? Like uh, uh, I've I've seen teams and I've been on teams where people don't really like each other, and it does not seem like you guys have that issue. It seems like everybody's friends, everybody hangs out. Is that am I am I getting the right vibe? Yeah, definitely. We have a lot of guys that like are all willing
2: to like come together and do it together. Nobody's trying to do it by themselves. So definitely there's no there's no really like rough relationships on our team. There hasn't been any type of scuffles or anything like that. Like we have a lot of guys who are just like willing to help each other and willing to work off of each other. Like nobody is out here like trying to take it off themselves. So yeah, this definitely is like one of the most connected groups I've been on. And I haven't so far it's early in the season, there hasn't been like anything that has made me think that like this is a selfish group. But, you know, what I mean, you just got to continue to make sure you're harping on all those little things that coach does. You know, what I mean, so mm-hmm. he's constantly telling us, like, it could be cool today and tomorrow would be a completely different thing. So that's just we're trying to stay on, stay on that same exact thing that we've been on since the summer when everybody got here. and We had to
1: figure out what we we're going to do. So you are you're a co-captain for this group. So you have been put into a leadership role within this team. How do you how do you help that? How, how have you fostered some of those relationships? Are you guys? You know, going and getting pizza um different nights. You go and bowling. Like, are there things that you do as a team, or is it just kind of – is it natural? You guys just get along?
2: We naturally get along. Definitely, like, we naturally just get along. A lot of the guys that did transfer in, we all had <clears> – <throat> I've, I've hung out with them before they even committed. So, like, they told me, like, what they were trying to do. They told me about their role, what they wanted on the court. Coach told me what he wanted from them. So, I feel like we had a really clear, like uh, – just understanding of each other and what we're going to do for each other. And that helped us on the court. So then it's not too much bumping heads and stuff like that. And nobody is, like, uh, selfish. So it helps, definitely. And I think that most of the guys on the team are all, like, all into winning. And I think that's the biggest thing. And the more we can just all get on board with the same plan and and the same vision with just, like, sticking in, in our routines and stuff like that, we'll be able to take
1: it all right so you have a meet and greet event coming up uh this week i believe it's thursday night seven o'clock on uh at red fox restaurant middletown connecticut 218 smith street if you guys are listening to this if you're a uconn fan if you can make it go by swing by support the restaurant support the local community support andre um let me ask you this right so nil is something that's been a big topic of of discussion when it comes to college athletics how have you seen a difference in the way that this kind of impacts your day-to-day right is it is it something that you're focused on is it a priority for you is it just you know this is now part of the business when it comes to being a big-time collegiate athlete
2: oh uh, it's not something that i think about every day most of the deals i do are like not i don't really have to do much like this is one of the only deals that i've done so far where like i have to go make an appearance so that's definitely pretty cool and something that's different for me, but I'll try to really just limit it as much as possible. Like, I don't want to anything to distract me from, like, the main goal. You know what I mean? Like, you're trying to win. You're trying to play college basketball. If you try to add on, I'm trying to be a millionaire and I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to do that. You have too many d- different things that you're focusing on. So I try to just keep it at a level that I can just maintain it and that it doesn't overwhelm me in my everyday life. But then, like... I'm not really thinking about it too much. It's more so just something that comes along with it. You know, what I mean, you get to get get some money to play college basketball now, basically.
1: If the, you got to keep the main thing, the main thing, and if the main yeah. thing is the main thing, and you succeed at it, then the money's going to come, and everything else is going to come, right? Yes, sir. So, speaking of NIL, your athletic director David Benedict, I don't know if you saw this, uh, he had an interaction with someone on Twitter that was asking how much it would cost, how much he would have to pay to allow you to dunk on him. I don't know if you saw that, but through open doors, there's a way that we can make this happen. Is is this a possibility? Is this something that you would be willing to do? And is there a price tag that you can put on it?
2: If I was to dunk on somebody, I mean, shoot. Yeah, I would do it. It's not, This <laughs> is not something that's too bad. I would do it. <laughs> that's uh, funny. Martin. He asked to do that though. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you see that? Did you see it come through? No, nah, I didn't see
1: it. Why do you think he wants to get dunked on though? I have no idea. <laughs> I, have, I have no idea. That's what you want to avoid doing for most basketball <laughs> people, right? That's the that's the number one thing. Speaking of dunking, uh you're pretty athletic. When was the first time that you actually dunked on a 10 foot hoop? How old were you?
2: I, I remember getting like a rim grazer dunk when I was going into my seventh grade like uh year. Seventh grade. I was going into seventh grade, yeah, but this was like during AAU, so it was like sixth grade summer going into like going into seventh grade. But then that was like a small dunk. Once I started dunking, like uh, like actually being able to dunk consistently
1: was seventh grade, like uh, when I was playing for like JV team. So that was the first time you caught a dunk in the game. Was seventh grade? Yeah. When was the first time you dunked on somebody?
2: Uh, I really can't remember.
1: I think after probably eighth grade. My eighth grade i'm just imagine uh all the little eighth graders running around in amsterdam new york getting dunked on <laughs> jackson right now <laughs> yeah they'll remember so uh let me ask you this and it's something i'm actually really interested in the answer uh what position do you view yourself as not necessarily what do you play for yukon but what position do you view yourself as i feel like i'm really i can really get plugged in anywhere
2: like i feel like i can really just kind of fit wherever the team needs me. And it's like I could play probably, in my opinion, probably a little one through to four on both sides of the ball. Just like I feel like I can guard one through four definitely, but like playing offensive, I think I definitely could get better at playing like at the four, like like screens and stuff like that, learning to slip screens, learning to rescreen, stuff like that. But I think I, I view myself as like, a, I would say a wing. I've always viewed myself as a guard. But I feel like my role changes depends on who who's on the court with me. Like if I'm on a court where there's a lot of primary ball handlers, then i'll I'll run I'll run the lanes, I'll run ahead, I'll you know what I mean set screens, get ahead and transition. If I'm one of the more ball dominant players on the court, then you know what I mean I'll push it myself, uh, find open guys, stuff like that. And if I'm at like the four or, the, or not the five, but like the four I could I set good screens, you know what I mean, I could set pin downs. Let me just, I can roll to the basket, different stuff like that. Just trying to continuously grow my game. But honestly, I don't really view myself as one position. It's kind of like wherever I got to be at that point in time.
1: And I think that's your value, right? That's what makes you so good. You could be the guy that catches the lob. You could be the guy that throws the lob. You could be the guy that sets the pin down. You could be the guy that comes off the curl, right? You could be the guy that's running in transition on the wing. You could be the guy throwing the hit ahead passes. Um, Is that what has allowed you to kind of accept that I don't I, I, I kind of want to call you like a glue guy. Right. But it feels like that's kind of um, nullifying a little bit of the value that you provide, but it's just, you're the piece that brings everything together. So was there um, you don't often see somebody accept that role that has an NBA future in their, in their, uh, in their career. So what is it about this team, your personality? Like, why is that mesh so well? It's just who I am really like. I,
2: I'm not really into the, all like the, I like, I love basketball at the end of the day. That's really what it is. Like, whatever I got to do to win, that's what I'm going to do. It's not that it's not that much deeper than that for me. And then it's also like, I look up to guys like that. I look up to Marcus Smart and I look up to, you know what I mean? I look up to Draymond Greens and I, I look up to those guys more than I look up to guys like Kevin Durant. So it's not really like, uh, that's more of who I am. And I just accept my role. I accept who I am as a player. And I feel like I can always grow and I can always get better and, I feel like I have a really high ceiling but I think it's just like about accepting who you are if I if I'm trying to be something I'm not then I'm not going to be nearly as effective the fact that I'm able to accept my role and and play to my strengths and not my weaknesses allows me to be an effective player
1: yeah the there's guys that can do the job that you do that play a long time in the NBA make a lot of money in the NBA Um, there's a lot of guys that that can't do those things that end up playing in Europe and scoring in Europe, right? That's kind of the way that I viewed it. If you can accept that role and do that job and be the best in the world at it, you're going to you're gonna have a spot in the NBA for a long time. Let me ask you this. So I think what makes this UConn team so good is that you do the hard things well. And what I mean by that is you guys defend your asses off. You guys are as good on the glass as anybody in the country. You never have to question your effort. You never have to question intensity. And when you do all of those things, then that kind of sets the floor for what you're going to be – like you don't have to play well offensively to win games by 15 or 20 points right now, right? Is that fair to say?
2: Yeah, I think when you when you rely on your defense, you rely on rebounding and you lock into the scout and all the little tiny intangibles that like maybe other teams are slipping up on, then you get, a, you'll get an automatic advantage when you start the game. But then also just having a will to win and having all five players on the court and everybody on the bench locked into the same vision, same goal – that just, allowed, that just leads to winning, and I think that you can never really control whether you win or lose. It's all about how you prepare, and that's just, like, what we do. We prepare the right way. Coaches prepare us the right way. I feel like we're one of the most prepared teams in the country when it comes to, like, our defensive approach when we go against a team. We usually know a lot of what they're trying to do and what they're trying to get. So I credit most of it to the coaches, like, honestly, and then also to, like, my teammates for being able to, like, come here – from being transfers, freshmen, all types of guys to just come here and just and be able to lock into his, and the coach's system and really understand it, and learn it.
1: Yeah, why why does that work so well? I mean, uh last year, right? You guys in had no one in the portal leave, you had no one in the portal come in. Um, this year that kind of changed, right? You turned over the roster a little bit. And I think one of the toughest things in college basketball. Oh right now is when you get into the portal you have new faces coming in guys that are going to be older guys that already have experiences at other programs and it's worked there's other teams across the country we don't have to talk about it but there's other teams that, that where it hasn't worked with you guys it has what is it is that just like the the making sure you bring in the right personalities and the right human beings to fit within that locker room to get along with you guys is it just that simple
2: I think it's all coach. Like he picked up, he he recruited these guys, and and the coaching staff did that. And they know they they're good recruiters. They bring in the right type of character guys, and they also bring in talented guys. So you have a com you have a combination of talent and a good personality, and and you're raised the right way. I mean, you have the right work ethic and stuff like that. You're willing to to learn and pick up on new things, and it'll work. It's all like when when everything gets like complicated, as if. Somebody comes in and is stubborn and in their ways and doesn't want to change from the way that their previous coach maybe coached them. And I don't think anybody on this team has really done that. Everybody has tried their hardest to really just figure out this system. Yeah. And that's helped us a lot.
1: Yeah. If you if there was a player that's like that, it's not someone that coach early is going to target. Yeah, not not as much exactly. Uh Donovan Klingon. Um, I think they're calling him the student section is now calling him Kling Kong. I don't know if you saw that uh he, he he's come in Connecticut kid um when you have a player that's that good from in the state you got to get him uh did you see this this level of impact coming from him in the offseason like when you guys were doing your captain's practices or your your off season scrimmages and off season workouts was he as good as he's been so far this year
2: Shoot, sure. I mean yeah I think it was like for me it was always just like you could do this in practice but like all right like when it gets to the game are you gonna be able to you know what I mean remain consistent and not get like caught up in the outside noise because when you're a freshman that's something that I struggle with so I seen him I'm like all right yeah if he can stay level-headed he's gonna be great for us for like just because like he's such a lob threat he's so big he's so tall <clears throat> and he also is so eager to learn so every day he's trying to learn and the coaches are teaching him the right stuff like he makes really good like aggressive moves and stuff like that he has really good footwork for a seven footer gets up the floor pretty fast and and I think I always seen that he he's going to be a an easy player for me to play with because he's so big. I could just like, as soon as he rolls behind the defense, I could throw it so early that it was just like, all right, this is different than any other player I really ever played with. So, it's like when guys throw lobs like, to you, uh, right? It's just,
1: yeah, put up by the square. He'll
2: <laughs> he'll find a way to get it. Yeah, maybe too, but he's he's right there. You could just throw wherever with him. I mean, I could do it too, but I don't know. I think it's it's definitely fun
1: to play with him now. Are you guys keeping track of who has more dunks this season? Nah, I have no clue. It's probably <laughs> him though. Yeah, everything he shoots is a dunk. So, um, yeah. all right, I got a couple a couple questions about you. So, uh, I read that your mom was a professional boxer. Is that correct? Yeah, she was a boxer for a while. And your your uncles fought jujitsu, and yeah. you you either trained or competed at jujitsu for a while.
2: Yeah, so, I trained right. in jujitsu for like a couple years when I was younger. both of my uncles are—I'm pretty sure they're black belts. My mom trained in judo, jujitsu. Boxing. She did amateur boxing, professional boxing, but then she ended up stopping because she had to take, take care of us.
1: If you had gone down that route, whether it was MMA, whether it was jujitsu, whether it was boxing, where do you think you would be right now? If you were just no basketball, <laughs> no no other sports, just focused on boxing, what would you be right now?
2: Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I really love basketball. I never really had the love for that. Like. It never was like something I wanted to do every day, all day. So I never really fell in love with it. I don't know like where it would have ended up, but my mom always wanted me to go box and be in a boxing gym and stuff like that. I always just wanted to play basketball, though. That was kind of my thing.
1: Good to know you don't like getting punched in the face. Um, <laughs> is there anyone on the team if you if you had a uh if you had to 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 scrap with anybody right? Is there anyone on the team right now you train? Is there anyone on the team you think can take you down? Or are you going to be the champ? We have a UConn Could basketball royal rumble. Who's winning?
2: If we have a UConn basketball royal rumble, I'm gonna have to go with Adama. I feel right. like, I feel like, yeah, Adama's—he's just a force, a very big guy, strong. He's one of—he's probably definitely the strongest person on the team. I would say when it comes to weight room stuff. But I mean, I don't know. I don't like to fight my teammates. I love all of guys. Yeah, <laughs> <Well>, you're fighting <laughs> the
1: other team, right? They gotta be—they yeah. gotta have the other jersey on. Uh, everyone that we still. have. Everyone we have on this show, I get to tell a story, whether it's about Coach Curley or uh, or Co- Coach Hurley or Coach Calhoun, whoever they played for. So uh, Tom Moore came on and had some uh, pretty hilarious stories about Coach Calhoun. So I'm going to need your best Coach Hurley story, whether it was a time when he did something hilarious in practice, whether it was something that he did on the bench. Just we know we know he's a nut. UConn fans love him because he's a nut. So I need your uh, I need your best Coach Hurley story.
2: My best coach early story would have to be the day we were in the film room. I don't remember what game it was after, but actually I do remember what game it was after. It was after a scrimmage last year. It was after our first, it was after our scrimmage against Rutgers, I think. And he just told me like, Dre, like you have all these dreams and aspirations of being this great player and you want to be great. And I get it, but like, you got to figure out how to just be a useful player for us this year. And that really just, it brought me down to earth. And I was like, damn. And that kind of just shaped my perspective for how I just like attacked it for the rest of the year. Just like, all right, I got to find a way to be effective because I can't be a, a a nuisance to the team. I need to help this team win. So that that was something that really just hit home for me. And I'll never forget. That's my one of my craziest stories. Well,
1: one of the things that I keep hearing about him is that he's – his practices are super intense, right? Like push you to the brink intense, but in games, it's more, everything is like, I'm going to pump these guys up. I'm going to be their biggest supporter and the biggest cheerleader during the actual games. When we're competing and we're trying to win. Uh, is that, does that sound about right? Like it, it just, everyone's seen the the clip and the, the meme of him with, uh, with Jalen Adams from, what was that? I think it was 2017. But is that, do you, do you get that vibe from him? Yeah, definitely. Like
2: that's, that's his approach is because, in practice, he's going to get on you and make a very tough environment. He's trying to make the environment and practice tougher than the game. And then once the game comes, he's just we're all pushing the same direction. We're all trying to get the same thing. And I think that helps a lot because when you're in practice, a lot of times there's not all the hype surrounding it. So <clears throat> it's easier for people to get complacent or people to just chill. But when it comes to game day, everybody is most of the time brings their energy. So I feel like he does that for a reason, just bringing – making a – a harder in practice would we'll make it so that the game is easier. Mm-hmm. And so when you get to
1: the game, it slows down. All right. So I'm going to end it with this. I got four questions for you here. I need truthful, honest answers from you, Dre. Uh, they're all about the team.
2: Mm.
1: Who's the funniest guy on the team? The funniest guy, in my
2: opinion, would have to be Joey. I'm gonna oh. go with Joey. Or or Andrew Hurley.
1: Andrew Hurley, yeah, I can see that. Who's the best? <laughs> who's the best dancer? The best dancer
2: on the team. I'm gonna have to go with Hassan. Definitely, yeah.
1: Who's the guy that you never let get the aux cord? They don't let
2: never let me get the aux cord. So I'm gonna (laughs) go. Is that what it is? (laughs) Yeah, they don't like my music. What? What do you put on? I put on all types of random things, Wu Tang, and then I'll throw on like Scissor. Then I'll listen to like Old Dirty Bastard. It's just a lot of different random things that I like (laughs) to listen to. So they don't really always indulge in my in my music taste
1: wow i wasn't expecting that man i thought that you would have <laughs> uh, you'd have better taste in music than that um and the last one i got for you is who's the who's the best cook on the team because is anyone you know throw down in the kitchen
2: i throw down in the kitchen for sure but i know adama cooks some stuff too so i would i would probably have to say
1: myself though because i'm the only one that's cooking the meal for like the team you know what i mean so if i'm i'm coming over right we're having, we're having Sunday dinner. What are what are you making? Probably rice and beans and some chicken cutlets. Rice and beans <laughs> and chicken cutlets, yeah. That sounds very New York right there, On, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, I appreciate the time. Uh, best of luck heading into Big East play. You know, now is when it kind of gets real. Uh, really looking forward to seeing what you guys are yeah, going facts. to be this year, and it's been a lot of fun watching you guys grow as a team. Man, in college basketball, it's not, a, not that often that you get to uh, watch players come in grow and develop over the course of three or four years and turn into something that this UConn team has been. So it's been a pleasure to watch and I can't wait to see what you guys do moving forward.
2: Thank you, my man. I appreciate it.